Okay, everybody, we're back for another week on the Kansas State Podcast with uh, your truly Kellis Robinette and the esteemed Kansas City Star columnist, Blair Kirkhoff. Blair, thanks again. Um, I don't know who's getting more out of this, me talking to you or the people listening at home. It's, it's a pleasure. It is my pleasure, Kellis. It's good talking to you and, and talking K-State, especially coming off a W. It is um, kind of a uh, boring W, but you know what? That's good for them. That's what they needed. After a shaky first game and a loss in the second game, come out and cover the spread against GTSA, get some confidence on, on offense. I think it'll help them going into the West Virginia game this this week. And now this is where the season really begins with the start of Big 12 play. And I guess I, I just like your like to get some thoughts from you on this. Um, I mean, they're 16 and a half point underdogs right now against West Virginia. Kind of awkward right. for them that they're that they didn't play last week. They got a you know, impromptu buy in there. I don't know how that impacts things, but clearly people think West Virginia is a favorite team here. What, what are you thinking about this matchup? Well, I, I think West Virginia may have uh, benefited in the public's mind by not playing that game. Uh, I saw that line originally like at 14, 14 and a half. It seems like it's creeped up a little. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what Dana Holgerson says about the, 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 the off week. They were certainly better off not playing than playing uh, in, in those conditions. I, my, I have parents who live in Raleigh uh, where West Virginia was going to play last weekend, and they had to relocate. And it was just a it was just a mess in, in North Carolina. It is to a large extent still is. But you know that, that they made the right move. The only the only alternative for for those two teams was to have been to do what what uh, what UVA did. They moved their game with Ohio University from Charlottesville to uh, to Nashville. So I wonder if West Virginia and NC State talked about an alternative location, but uh, uh, but they didn't, or at least they didn't play the game. And so West Virginia hasn't gone since beating Youngstown State two weeks ago. And um, look, this is a you know, before the season, I think we looked at the, the K-State schedule and thought, um, you know, Mississippi State was a barometer-type game, and and, uh, and if that's the case, then it did not uh, prove to, you know, to, to point to good signs for K-State. And, and I think West Virginia was the next one that we saw on the schedule that, that was going to reveal something about the Wildcats. And, um, and I think if you're a Kansas State fan, you, you hope to see the team just be competitive in this game, you know, obviously try to try to win the game, but at least be competitive. And, and the recent series between these two teams suggests that it will be a competitive game. Seems like they, in the last couple of years, when West Virginia's beaten K State, uh, they've been close, close games. Yeah, that that's a unique stamp on this series because since they started playing as conference rivals in 2012, there was the first game when they played at West Virginia in 2012. You were actually there with me, if I remember right, when Colin Klein just went crazy on them. And uh, Kansas State won going away. But ever since then, uh, check out these scores here. Okay. Um, so I guess the next year wasn't very close either. But since then, uh, here are the scores. We got Kansas State 26-20. They won in 2014. The next year, they beat West Virginia 24-23. So you can't get any closer than that. year after that, they lose 17-16. So, again, can't get any closer than that. And then last year, it's uh, 28-23. So, very close games. Uh, I think it's interesting in the sense that when Dana Holgerson transitioned into this league, I think he thought coming from the Big East he could stick with the just all offense all the time philosophy, and he realized pretty quick quickly that that wasn't going to work. He had to get depth. He had to get a defense. And I think in a lot of ways he's modeled what he's built uh, in Morgantown around what they have in Kansas State trying to be 
uh, more balanced team that plays defense and can win games ugly even when their offense isn't firing on all, all cylinders. So that, that's not why I think this game is always close. Um, but this year I think will put that theory to the test because West Virginia, I, I, I don't think that line is stretched at all. I think, um, if anything, Kansas State might have trouble covering it. Yeah, well, based on, based on the results, that, you know, the results in hand, you're right, it's not an outlandish uh, line because in, in, the, in the games that really matter, West Virginia, you know, walloped Tennessee and K-State was walloped by Mississippi State. So that's really the, 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 the signs that we have that, that have contributed to the perception of this game being, a, you know, West Virginia two touchdown plus uh, favorite. Uh, but you're, I think you're right about Dana Holgerson, though, and in, in, uh, in evolving his philosophy. Uh, you know, that first game you mentioned that uh, when Colin Klein went out to Morgantown and, and, and they put Hurton on, that was Geno Smith's team. Remember, uh, Geno Smith mm-hmm. was a West Virginia quarterback, and um, and West Virginia was riding high. They may have lost the previous week, but they got up to a great, great start that year, got up to in the top five. They may have lost maybe at Lubbock or something the week before, but – they were only supposed to be sort of motivated, and, and then Kansas State just came in there and from the get-go uh, took them, you know, just took it to them, changed the direction of West Virginia's season. Of course, that was the great K-State year where they, you know, they won the Big 12. Um, it, it has been an interesting series, and uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if the talent has been equal, but the, but the outcomes have been pretty, you know, pretty darn close. And that game, and you meant the, the one you referenced in Morgantown, the 70 to 16 game, didn't K-State miss a field goal at the end? Or uh, I thought Kansas State had a really good opportunity to win that game and, and, and didn't get it done in they, the they end. Did. Kansas, yeah. yeah, there was they, a, there was a play, and even on that, they had a play where they were trying to uh, keep West Virginia out of the so, – so West Virginia's go-ahead touchdown, I believe, was a little controversial because they were holding, they were blatantly holding Jordan Willis on the play and they didn't call it. And then, so that, that gave West Virginia the lead and then Kansas State came down and missed the field goal. Um, so yeah, they lose by one like that. People, <laughs> the team was really fuming about that even, even until the end of the season. So they've been, I think the bottom line is that the, the games have been fun to watch if you're just a mm-hmm. neutral observer. They're, they're, they've been, you know, back and forth, really close and, uh, and, and if this one is, that means Kansas State will have. Um, it probably means Kansas State will have upped its game, right, and and, uh, and continued on the path that, it, that you, you hope to see them on after, you know, after beating San Antonio like they did, and you know ha- having decided on Skylar Thompson as the primary quarterback. And uh, you wonder a little bit though about these injuries on the defensive side and uh, what that you know how that's going to play into. Uh, into the game and to uh, and trying to defend this offense led by Will Greer, who's uh, I think a, at least right now a top five Heisman candidate. Right, and Bill Snyder said today that he does expect linebacker Elijah Sullivan to play, so that'll help if he can actually get out there and play. Um, but I think it'll be tough because they'll be down. Denzel Gould's be in the secondary. They won't have Kevion McGee, and they haven't uh, really faced much pressure against the pass this season. I mean. UTSA and South Dakota don't have the high-powered offenses that West Virginia does, and Mississippi State kept it on the ground. So this will be not only really their first test uh, as a defense against their high-octane offense, it'll be, you know, the toughest test you could imagine going against them shorthanded. And, I mean, I just from afar, I 
I, I'm really impressed with their offense. I, I love Will Greer, David Sills. Uh, I think could have a really long career in the NFL as a uh, you know touchdown machine out of the slot. Gary Jennings is great. Um, that it's it, it's going to be hard to keep West Virginia to a few. To, I don't even know what I, I don't even know what you would consider a good game here. If you can hold them to 30 points, I think I think that's doing pretty good. Yeah, especially especially in Morgantown. Um, you know they've 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 run up the points in the two games that they've played, and and I think this team is built to do that to to uh, um, to, to score uh, and to generate offense. And look, before the season, when we were all sort of in agreement that Oklahoma was the favorite in the Big Twelve and kind of scrambling to to determine who who second was, I I had West Virginia and um, had to do it for a magazine and. And, uh, and do it for the, the, the star. And, and I'm, I'm kind of sticking to that. I know there have been some other results in the conference play or, or among Big 12 teams that might suggest someone else would be the top challenger to OU. But um, I, I'm sticking with West Virginia for now, and, and I haven't seen anything from the Mountaineers to suggest that they're, you know, they're not going to be one of the, they're not going to be the top challenger to OU or maybe even be the best team in the Big 12. We'll, we'll have to see. I think there was I think there was some pressure on on Holgerson and this program going into the season. There there have been more uh, even though West Virginia is a bowl regular, uh, they've, they've fallen short of expect I think fans' expectations of the last few years. And I think there was a and I don't want to say Holgerson was on the hot seat, but I, I think fans are starting to lose a little bit of patience and they're waiting for that season where West Virginia's you know right there at the end. And uh, I, I, this this may be the team that, that gets it done. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I've I've long considered them a dark horse to win the league, and I, I'm sticking with that. Even as good as Oklahoma State has looked, I think West Virginia is still right there with Oklahoma. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State. And no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town, just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com slash sportspass. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk Big Twelve. What what's most impressed you about the league and where, where do you kind of have the teams right now? Well, um, I'll tell you what, the, the Oklahoma State win over Boise State on Saturday may have been the, I'm, I'm trying to think, I, I, I can't think of a, a, a better, you know, more impressive win for the conference. I know that, you know, Texas beat USC on Saturday, and, you know, there have been some other nice non-conference victories for the Big 12, but I, I, I thought, you know, the fact that Oklahoma State just ran away from what I think is a good Boise State team was, uh, you know, if you, if, if you're kind of undecided or on the fence about Oklahoma State, it might be time, or, and, and whether you know they could they could uh, survive without Mason Rudolph, it might be time to uh, get, get back on the bandwagon. Uh, this, this could be a, another really really good Oklahoma State team. So um, there was that, and I 
I thought TCU played really well Friday or Saturday night against Ohio State with a, a chance to pick up a real marquee victory for the Big 12, but uh, uh, but too much talent uh, in, in the end that got it done for the Buckeyes, and uh, TCU fought hard but, but couldn't get it done. Um, so other than that, I, I think the, the, the you can take a look at the league. Texas Tech had a nice win at um, you know against Houston on over the weekend. Kansas, um, what, what can you say about the Jayhawks? I mean, I, I I thought they may have been done for their with their success for the year after they beat Western Michigan and then or Central Michigan and then to um, you know to go do what they did against Rutgers was really impressive for, on a, on a Kansas you know standard, but. Uh, um, I don't know. I, maybe a little bit better than I thought. I thought this was going to be a down year for the Big 12, and um, uh, and, and uh, there, I think there have been some disappointing outcomes. But uh, but by and large, I, I think it's you know that this is a league that went out and played a pretty good non-conference schedule collectively, better than most. And um, and, and, they, and they, I think they've done well enough to think that you know it's you know it's right in the middle of the Power Five conferences um, because now we. Now that we're into conference play, you, you, you set aside the, you know, what the conference strength thing, and uh, every, pretty much everybody's done with their non-conference games, except for you know those games that got rained out or weathered out. Um, I'm, I'm kind of uh, bullish, maybe too strong a word, but I think the Big 12's, uh, you know, maybe a notch above where I, or I thought it was going to be going into this year, based on all the losses, especially at quarterback for this list. So, pretty good non-conference here so far for the Big 12. Yeah, I, I I guess my biggest observation is just that there's really no big disappointing team out there, and I mean, the only two teams that really haven't wowed anybody, I would say, are Kansas State and Iowa State. They've kind of played two expectations. Um, we haven't, I feel like we haven't gotten to see Iowa State play like competition yet. Um, and then everybody else, Baylor, um, it, it looked pretty good, even though they lost to Duke. Kansas is better than expected. Uh, like you, I thought TCU looked good the other day. Oklahoma State looks way better than I thought they would. Uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma, I've, I've been really impressed with Oklahoma, the way that they've handled business. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, it's weird in the past. I feel like you could just look at the bottom of the league and say, well, Kansas, Tech, Baylor, those are, you know, for, State, for, yeah, yeah. I was, those are for sure wins. And you know what? For, for some teams, maybe that's still the case, but you know, if you're, uh, a middle of the pack team. I don't know. Can can you look at those teams and just check mark in victory? I mean, I I know the the jury's still out on Kansas. They only beat Rutgers, but sure. Uh, it's you know I, I don't think you can just sit back and say you know we don't even have to show up this week. I, I think uh, some of these games are going to be harder than you might expect. I think it's a good point. Um, not not necessarily um, you know rollovers. Uh, you know Kansas goes to Baylor this this weekend. I think before the season nobody. Had, would have given Kansas much of a shot in that game, but uh, I think you have to at least give them a shot uh, to, to win that game now. And uh, you know when these teams play against each other, when Iowa State and Texas Tech and um, and and KU and, uh, and, and Baylor go go out, they'll go against each other. You know, I, I think those are victory opportunities for for the home team, no matter you know no matter who the team is, and that you know about those teams. So. And I think the importance of at least the perception of the conference not being weak is if Oklahoma or or West Virginia or somebody else ends up with a with a one loss record, you know, it, it you know ends up twelve and one after winning the the, the Big Twelve uh, title game, that team won't be perceived by the College Football Playoff Committee to have come from a you know an in, such an inferior conference that 
you know, the 12 and 1 SEC second team or the 12 and 1 Pac-12 champion or the 12 and 1, you know, Big 10 champion would be seen as the vastly you know, superior team that would you'd have to select over the Big 12 champion. So, I think that's the importance of scoring some of these non-conference victories and playing competitively in the non-conference. So uh, when, when the time comes to, to compare teams that look alike and from a record standpoint, um, the, the committee won't say, well, the Big 12 was the worst conference this year. Champion didn't beat anybody in the non-conference, and so we're going to just dismiss them. Um, so, you know, it, we'll, we'll see. But, but that's, the, that's the value of, of, challenge, of teams challenging themselves by playing better non-conference schedules, which I think the Big 12 did this year. Everybody had at least one of those games that was, uh, you know, that, that was something of a marquee game, and, and the Big 12 came out okay this year in those games. Where do you got K-State finishing in the Big 12 right now? Well, I mean, they're, they're the ones, if, if you had to have, you know, predict their record in the preseason at this point, you probably would have said two and one, um, probably would have given them the, the loss to Mississippi State. Uh, and, and, and the way that the Look, and Mississippi State's going to – I think they're going to go on to have an outstanding season. I'm, I'm, I am high on Mississippi State. So I don't think there's a shame in that loss. But that was an eye-opening loss. The way it happened, the, the physicality of that game and, and how, how the K-State offensive line, got, which was supposed to be a strength, got pushed around. I was I was a little disappointed in, in, in that performance. But uh, uh, I, I think Kansas State's going to continue to – I had them fifth or fourth in the league. Maybe, maybe I bump them down to sixth or fifth. Now, um, uh, just based on, I, I didn't know what to make of, of the teams that didn't have returning starting, starting quarterbacks like TCU and Oklahoma State um, and Texas Tech and, and, a, and a couple others. Doesn't seem to not having a returning starting quarterback doesn't seem to have hurt those programs. Um, and and maybe uh, you know I think they've done more in the non conference than K State did. So if I had K State ahead of them, I would probably have K State behind them now, but still enough to be bowl eligible, and I still think of, you know, no worse than middle of the pack for the Big 12. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd have them challenging for the conference, but, uh, uh, but again, the, the West Virginia game, will, will, I think, will tell us a lot. If they're able to, to hang with the Mountaineers in their stadium, which is one of the better atmospheres in the Big 12, then, uh, and then we'll, we'll have a different conversation next week. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much with you uh, step by step there. I think it, until Kansas State comes out and shows us something uh, that makes you sit back and say, "Wow, okay, you know they're they're really taking a step forward here," I think you kind of got to temper your expectations. Um, I, I picked them seven and five, five and four preseason. You know, I still think they can definitely achieve that and finish you know anywhere from fourth to sixth in the league. But uh, so far, they haven't given you much reason to make it, make you think they could go hang with uh, West Virginia or Oklahoma. We'll see this week, and um, I guess just what's what's difficult for them is it seems while they're, they've kind of stagnated, some other teams have, have upped their game a little bit this year. We'll see if Kansas State, a traditional team that improves and gets better as the year goes on, we'll see if that happens and they finish above them or not. Um, but yeah, r- r- right now I, I'm with you. We'll, we'll see what they do this game and, and go from there. There you go. All right. Well, uh, what do you got, we'll, we'll, got prediction-wise? Uh, you know, I haven't totally locked in on something, but right now I'm thinking uh, I, I'm feeling a little pessimistic right now. I'm thinking West Virginia by about like twenty, maybe. I, 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 I'll, I go, think, I'll go. I'll go. Thirty seventeen, West Virginia. 
thirty to seventeen. Okay, so you got you got K State covering. Covering, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, you know, I, it, it's certainly not impossible. I just think with their with their injuries on defense and the lack of depth they got there, it, it's going to be tough. I, I just don't know if they can hold them to a few enough points to do that. But we'll see. We'll see. Don't turn right. it over. That's, that's the other thing. Don't turn it over. Stop the turnovers. <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. Well, we'll end it right there. Um, Blue, thanks for another another week, and we'll do this again. Yeah.